Linux at loud is firing up our mics, connecting those headphones as we search the community for themes to expand upon. We keep the banter friendly, the conversation somewhat on topic, and we have fun doing it. This week, we're spouting off about all the things we're up to. Let's get into episode 79. Well, this week we have an early present with Bill joining us. It's the first time that all four of us together, it's going to be a very wild and crazy show. Kind of curious as to what happens as we get into this. And of course, we've got the usuals, both Matt and Nate. They are here at the same time once again. That seems to be really hard to do these days, but we've managed to do it. All four of us together. How are you doing, guys? Fantastic. Great. And Matt, I will try not to bully you this time, okay? I know how sensitive you are. To, yeah. 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 You're going to hurt I'll, my non I got you covered. I'll, I'll take care of it instead. Don't worry. Okay. You're going <laughs> to hurt off. my non existent feelings, Nate. You're going to hurt my non existent feelings. <laughs> I, I actually feel bad for Wendy because it's basically the Three Stooges and Wendy. Well, it's going to we be a party then. I love the Three Stooges. I was going to say, we always say when it's just me and Nate that Wendy's the adult in this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it depends. I'm an adult when we're recording off show. I'm just as childish as the rest of you. Well, I mean, you are sinister and all. Well, you know, (laughs) you put on a good show. Let's just put it, let's put it like that. Let's put it, you put on a good show. Do do my best. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And we get to kick this off with a failure and that's kind of a bummer. I've dealt with some of that myself recently. So is it something in the pie cluster that went bad or Kubernetes? What is it that made you needing to do some major changes? There are a lot of things. One of the limitations that I had as I was exploring Kubernetes with a Raspberry Pi was actually a limitation of the Pi itself being an ARM chip. So most people that deploy Kubernetes do it on x86 hardware. There are ways and mechanisms to do it with a Pi or with ARM hardware. But I was running into storage issues and setup issues and networking issues. And I have plenty of network hardware. That's that's not the problem. So you are the network to, guy on the network. Like I, I have lots of network experience, and I have way <laughs> too complicated of a home network. I, I won't get into that here. But what I did do is over the summer, I visited a good friend of mine who does do Kubernetes for a living. And what he told me was, don't use the Pi hardware. Use that for other projects that you might be interested in. Take a look at a, this device called the Odroid H3+. Plus. And that uses Intel hardware. It's rather affordable. And what I really like about it is that there are two 2.5 gigabit NICs. So I can use one for managing the cluster, and then I can use one for the storage side so that I'm not slowing the traffic down. Now, have I actually done any of that? No. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) I have been very busy traveling around the country installing equipment for work. So my plan over winter break is if there's some funding left after holiday shopping that I'm going to purchase some of those Odroids and see where we go from there. So when you're done gallivanting around the countryside, you're going to get to work finally? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) I look back at the trips that I've taken this year, all for work, 32 flights I've taken for work, 
Wow. And I think about what did I actually get done? And sadly, I'm struggling to come up with an answer. So has that been, ended up being more like client consultations face-to-face or is that actually getting to install stuff? So the way I kind of build my trips is I'll get 80% of an install done at one location. So get the server replaced, get the network replaced, get workstations replaced within the week that I have. Hmm. And then while I'm there, if there's another location that they need visited in the area, I'll check in and say hello. I'll do a site survey, find out what they need. Then when I go back, I finish up at location A and I do most of the work at location B or sometimes I kick off location C. So that warrant that ended up being three trips to Seattle and Portland this year, and I'll be going back in January. But I don't mind wow. that because I have family and friends that live in the Seattle and Portland area. So I get to spend time with them on the weekends during those trips, which makes it really worth it. So 32 flights, are you including just there and back, or is that just there? That's there and back. Okay. 32 total trips would be basically me never home and that that's a bit yeah that's what i was about to feel i'm like 32 weeks out of a 52 week year you're when are you home yeah (laughs) so i'm home for the rest of the year at least but what one of the awesome things that i got to do as part of that travel was go to scale so i had Mm. i had a couple of locations in in california that i needed to visit and i was able to time it right so that on the latter part of that trip i could fly down to la and be a part of scale which was Absolutely one of the highlights of this year. I think we were in Texas at the same time too, but we were in completely different parts of Texas, which was a bummer or else it would have been great to see you. Correct. You were you were in Houston, I think, and I was in Dallas. Yep. yep. Absolutely. That's where Worlds takes place in Houston. So eventually you'll have time to work on your own network stuff. I know it's kind of like the same thing. My mom worked at a bread store growing up and even though she worked there, there was never bread in the house. And it was probably because by the time she left, she was so tired of seeing it. She didn't want to grab a loaf to come home. And I know my aunt, her husband is a car mechanic. And in order to get the work done on a car, she actually schedules stuff for his shop. Like he owns his own shop, but in order to get the job done, she actually has to schedule herself an appointment at the shop to get it done. So I guess it's the same thing for somebody who works in networking in order to get your own networking done. You literally have to set aside some time, some vacation time to get caught up on it. It's not even just setting aside the vacation time. What I need to do for my own mental health is give myself space in which I'm not doing networking and enjoy other activities that I don't get to do and then come back to it. And then I feel a little bit more refreshed. I have a clear mind and problems that I had that I wasn't able to solve then become easier to solve because I was able to separate myself from that and then come back to it with a, with a fresh slate. That makes sense. I know my ADHD brain sometimes gets hyper-focused, especially on problems. And then it gets worse because I'm so stressed and hyper-focused on the problem. I'm not giving myself the space to figure it out what's going wrong or a breather or whatever. Even like I won't eat because I'll be so hyper-focused on what's going on that I forget to do that. So good for you. That's a good way to keep yourself from dealing with the burnout and that too. Matt, Nate, how have you guys been? It's been a long time since I've been able to chat with either of you. Well, I've been doing great. Matt is doing like Matt normally does. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, Matt's having some serious problems. I mean, he got all of this awesome new hardware, and now you're having a hard time making it work. <laughs> did he plug it yeah. in? Did he? Did you turn it on? Yes. Matt? Did you hit the button? Did in the you front? reboot it? Yes, I did. I love dealing with Chinese companies when you buy hardware from Chinese companies. It's great. Oh man! <laughs> did you so, plug it into an electrical outlet? Yes, yes, I did. This is not three dead trolls in a baggie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not need internet help desk. I do not need to tell me to go buy a Mac. <laughs> oh, that was my next line. <laughs> so maybe, so, Matt, were you holding it wrong? I mean, that could be mm-hmm. an issue. Were you holding it wrong? Well, to be no. fair, we were having some issues before we got started on the show today, and Magneto was leaning on my tower, so that could have been part of the issues that I was having. Do you have a Magneto over there that was yes, is, um, interference? <laughs> That's a pretty so viable the, answer, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the short version, the mini forums, I was testing out the EGP, which is behind the PS5. Um so I had done all my benchmarking on Linux, I'd done Garuda and all that stuff, working fine for the most part. So I wanted to do the Windows comparison, see where, what is what as far as throughput and stuff, if there's limitations, if it's Bill, you'll understand this, if it's two PCIe lanes, if it's four, if it's blah, 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 you know, all the typical limitations of, depending on the hardware configuration of Thunderbolt and all that jazz. So Installed Windows. That experience is painful. I forgot how much I dislike that. And that was Windows 11 for those before saying, oh, I don't give it a chance. I do have have a Windows 11 machine still, but that's only because Linux didn't play nice on it. And I'll get into that particular machine in a minute, too. So Windows installed all the optional updates, all the, you know, drivers and all that crap. Well, when you get a big black screen of nothing. No boot animation, no bio selection, no boot options, no nothing. So, okay. So that means maybe the BIOS is borked. (laughs) That's where the, that's where I ended up going. Yeah. Problem is I get no power to Thunderbolt. So I can't output to a external display. I can't boot from a USB because Thunderbolt doesn't give it any power. I can't use a dock like a normal dock just to put it out. Nothing works at all. The so screen, does your mini's form not have a USB built directly no. into it? Has oh. the Thunderbolt and the Thunderbolt or USB-C on the side. That's it. It, okay, detects, that it detects nothing. So I have a, at the time, $1,100 purchase that I cannot use currently. Wow. So I, so I am dealing with a Chinese company, which whatever, I'm not going to, that's a whole different situation, but it boils down to, have you plugged it in, left it in, plugged it in for 24 hours? And I'm like, dog, like I, I, I can't even flash the bios. I'm just asking that you actually support the thing that you have listed that I bought with like Please. drivers and whatnot. This tablet for them does not exist on any of their marketing, on any of their product pages, nothing. Wow. Yet you yet you go into my store account that I've made through that. Mm. It shows this device as purchase uh, as a purchase, but they have all their other products have all the support, all the drivers, all the manuals, all that stuff. Nothing. This does not exist at all to them. 
So you have a brand new NVIDIA GPU with the external plugin for it, and it's useless on the device that you got it well, for. Well, for the device I got it for, yes. It is not useless on the other laptop that I have, which is right. also Or your Nook. Don't you still have a Nook? N- well, the machine I use to record all this stuff that doesn't have Thunderbolt, it's an AMD system. So gotcha. Okay. Um, and and the the dock that you got the dock that you got for yeah. the GPU is Thunderbolt only. Yeah, it's Thunderbolt oh, okay. three. It's Aikido. I think it's Node Titan or whatever the overall product thingy is. thing is. Yeah. Yeah. But I I was like, okay, maybe it's the eGPU. Whatever. Won't be the first time I've had you know typical troubleshoot. Try everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ended up that still has one that laptop that I have still has windows on it. It has a 3070 TI on it. Mm. That experience with two NVIDIA GPUs being detected by windows and an Intel GPU <laughs> is painful. Wow. So people want to talk about how, Oh, you have to restart X or, you know, Wayland or whatever. If you change GPUs and log it back, log in, log it back out, you know, all that yeah. crap. You have to do the same thing in Windows if you have two GPUs similarly in Windows if it's NVIDIA. Now, if it was AMD, it might be a little different. I don't know. I don't have a spare AMD card kicking around. I can't speak to that. But I literally have to uninstall the drivers, reinstall the drivers because Windows is too stupid to figure it out. And then I have to disable the (laughs) the 3070 in order to use the 4060. So I sense a theme here, and that is that NVIDIA is a pain in the butt. I wouldn't even call... Well, ironically, it worked perfectly fine on Linux. I didn't have these issues. So that was just a Windows issue then? That was just the Windows issue. I had to log out and log back in and, and typical you know, GPU switching like you do in Linux. Okay, so, so it's really, really weird for to hear you say that your experience with NVIDIA was better under Linux than it was under Windows. <laughs> oh, tell me that's shocking. But, and, you know, you can chalk that up to the hardware and testing and all the other stuff. Most yeah. people are not going to have, that are looking at eGPU specifically, are not going to be looking as, oh, I have... You know, I have one me. built in and then I'm going to use a different one on top of it. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's not what most people do. Most people like that are in that end of the sphere are going to be probably gamers, people who want like an upgradable pathway for the most part, if their system gets old and crusty. And, you know, that was the whole, that was the great hope for eGPUs and Thunderbolt and all the other stuff is that throughput and then access. So you sent me a screenshot of everything working. Was Mm -hmm. this pre the Windows install? Yes, that was all under Linux. So Windows thoroughly screwed a lot of stuff up. Yes. Yes, it did. And people want to know why. Like, I, I tend to talk bad about all three platforms in general. Linux has yeah. issues. When they all have issues. When you tell Windows users that Windows has issues, they're like Mac users. And they say, no, it doesn't. And you're like, well, okay, now you're being like Linux users and admitting that it doesn't. They all have their problems, for sure. They all have their problems. It's just which ones have you been willing to learn and accept? Though, I don't know. I've had some some great, I don't know what to call them, like, great user stuff on my 
And and I can't say it's all of Linux. It's on Plasma mm-hmm. anyway, and having to use a Windows computer sometimes in the build room and having issues with audio. And I'm like, why isn't it just down in the little bar where everything mm-hmm. else is? And I can just switch what I'm... No, 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 no. You have to actually go into system settings and that that's a whole rigmarole. And then moving files, like that just kind of blew my mind. I went to move a file from one drive to another and it just copies it over. And I'm like wait, every OS doesn't ask me if I want to move it or copy it. What the heck is going on? And I get frustrated because there are parts of at least Plasma in general (laughs) that I get so used to that it's now just part of my daily workflow. I don't think about cutting it and then moving it over because Dolphin asks me what I want to do with that file. (laughs) Did I want want to cut it, paste it? They're like, which one do they want to do? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, my experience... So. When I'm running on the eGPU, the performance is actually better than I thought it was going to be. So I benchmarked mm-hmm. like Cyberpunk 2077 and I benchmarked like with Windows and stuff. The Minis forums, because it's more CPU bound because of it's running only on four core, eight thread. Um, yeah. I think it's a 11th gen i7. I think it's 1165 G7 or whatever typical Intel <laughs> nomenclature. Mouthful, so the yeah. Thru- so the throughput is limited by that core count and all the other stuff, but I wanted to see how that ran. So like Shadow of the Tomb Raider was getting 51 frames a second with max everything, and that was between the native build and I tried the Proton build. So switching between them. The only difference with the Proton stuff is that it has RTX if you switch to the Windows build, or as opposed to the native one, it does not, which whatever. Mm. That's, you know, RTX is going to be People either like it or you don't. I don't think it's worth the GPU overhead that it costs, to be brutally honest. So, yeah, it's been an interesting experience. I don't know if I'd drop the $700 to do that again. (laughs) And the headaches that uh, Minis Forum is currently giving me. I was hoping that they would be a little more helpful. But, you know, if you're going to sell a product and you claim 24 months support, I would actually like the product to exist according to your company. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, at minimum, right? Yes. Like I'm at, like I asked for simple things like an owner's manual. Don't even have that. <laughs> Who so, wants an owner's know. manual? Apparently not you. Or at least yeah, you're not getting one. Nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> so, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm supposed to send them a video of like it not working and I'm like it did bro, it, it it's not going to not going to do anything. Okay. So, I've been dealing with those technological headaches and all that fun stuff. So, Bill, you're not the only ones, you know, having headaches and whatnot when it comes to tech. <laughs> I mean, Nate, you're just a headache in general, but that's besides the point. Um, yes. So, you think what you have you, a bad? You should see how yes. I have it dealing with my <laughs> own headaches. Yeah, but you create your own headaches. I know. That's, Some that's of them he does, and the people he chooses to add to his life, that's for sure. That's been conversations we've talked about in the past, but it's not always. <laughs> I wasn't going that deep. I was just referring to all the electronic stuff he gets into. <laughs> he does have a backlog. So, but so Nate, while I'm busy trying to solve problems and whatnot, though, you're busy actually building stuff that might make you more productive. I am. So I built myself a new workbench. It's It's been on the list of things to do basically since summertime and I finally got around to it. So I I had a smaller 
workbench. And, and as I got more equipment and organized more of my tools, like the workspace kept getting smaller and smaller because, you know, more things to help me do things. But then the things to help me do things were getting interfering with my ability to do things. So that meant I needed to b- build myself a bigger workbench. So what I have behind me is supposed to be my retro tech table. And right now there's like stuff all over it because I'm working on numerous things. So I wanted to basically get the workbench over here done so that I can take the projects that are on there and put them over here. And I, I only shared a few projects with you, before, you know, in our, in our pre-show, which we'll, I'll talk about those at a later time, but the, uh, about the workbench, it, it's a, so it's three foot by eight foot. And then I had some leftover LED lit glass shelves, which is kind of what makes up this thing that I, mm-hmm. I, I use day in and day out. And I, so I, I designed it around using those instead of just like a fixed wooden shelf, which has been really handy because I can have multiple levels and I can adjust things, you know, where I want it essentially. So I, that's also nice because it also lights the work surface below it as well. And that's, so it's kind of a, a it's kind of a two for one on that. And those are all repurposed. I saved them like from getting crushed, you know, that were thrown in a dumpster. I, you know, salvaged those mm-hmm. from a previous employer. So very happy with that. The, uh, that I've been printing some more tools for or, or organizational tools essentially for my uh for, for my stuff so organizational things uh things to hold my my tools and whatnot so like like this right here I have a lot of these like Torx Torx screwdrivers and I want to basically have a nice little thing here to to put them in now this this frame design I got from somewhere like Thingiverse or whatever but it didn't have any way of like containing the bottom of this like the screws were just the drivers were just kind of hang off one way and it would just be a, kind of a mess. And so I put some foam in there to, to contain it. And that, that worked very poorly. So I, I designed using Onshape and which is not an open source tool, but it's a, it's actually a great CAD tool that you can use, you know, through the interwebs, which by the way, works in Firefox fantastically well. So that's how I use it. Ooh. Anyway. So I, d- I designed the, the, the thing to contain the, this basically just a, like a catch with that and then some other things too but but now i you know when i when i plop my my screwdriver back where i need it needed it goes you know where it's supposed to go so things like that just trying to organize things a little bit better uh, also some components to basically hold like my 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 wire my wire strippers and whatnot and and other tools so i can just easily just kind of grab it and, and go you know and make it happen and also like nips and, and whatever else so it's it's that's been very very nice and then uh, now I have space to work on a larger projects. So I have some some repairs I want to do. Like it's, it's kind of like I'm not great at soldering. I'm in fact pretty terrible, but I'm trying to get better. And so I I have different projects that I like. I got some Bluetooth speaker things that I want to want to fix. I have I've made successfully fixed a couple of them. So I want to fix the rest of them and then you know part ways because I don't need them. I might put one in here though because they're actually pretty cool. So one of the projects that I I recently got done was soldering together a, a device using an ESP 8266, I think is what it was, where I, I've been able to use control or I, I wired in basically a, a connector on there. So I could use, I think it's 400 or 450 individually controlled LEDs for my Christmas tree. So instead of using traditional lights on the tree, like, you know, normal people would do, I'm using these these lights, basically the same thing on the outside of my house, but on the tree as well. Volt. 
Yeah. And so now I can do cool effects like that, like a fireworks, like look, you know, my, so instead of my tree just being, you know, green and red and blue or whatever, now it's all the colors. Mm -hmm. And then it's now a play thing. So the kids can change the colors and do different effects. And, and yeah, the tree's more interactive now. And that's kind of fun, you know? And not that I'm good at soldering or I make the best decisions in soldering, but it's holding up and it's doing, it's doing its job. Oh, that's good. It's fun. The kids are no longer coming in and changing my light bulbs to all kinds of different colors anymore. So that's actually a a positive. Yeah. Not having quite so much rainbow vomit going on in my room, but a Christmas tree is supposed to be covered in rainbow vomit. I know I've just got white lights on mine, so I guess I'm a little boring that way, but. Well, you know, I can have mine white too, if I want, so I can make it boring. So, Wendy, in fairness, though, you did not that long ago in a show admit that you have found a use for the rainbow vomit. Right, I have. And I even flashed some different colors on this soft box here in front of me and all the like, like, because there's rainbow vomit right there. It's also one of those RGB lights, but it is controlled with a remote control. So it's not so connected to the Wi Fi or anything like that. Let, You've let already let told them that. Back I, off. I know that we still. That we still converted you from somebody who hated rainbow vomit to finding a use for rainbow vomit. I love RGB keyboards. I've said that for a very, very long time. I love a backlit keyboard and I love to be able to choose the color that is that keyboard. Now, is that color or is that keyboard flashing all kinds of colors? No, it's red just like the light is back there. It stays that solid color. It doesn't change. Like... I don't need flickering and crap. It can just be one color, but then I can see the keys as I'm doing other stuff. And it's been that way for a really long time. I just prefer a backlit keyboard in general. And speaking of the framework, I did listen to the one framework talk from Ubuntu. And he's talking about that's one of the potential upgrades that might be coming to framework Mm -hmm. is having the backlit keyboards. And that really gets me excited for potentially having another laptop because I'm realizing that there are times that I can't get all of my work done at my beloved desktop and I need to have a laptop which I can accomplish work things on. So I would definitely be going the framework route. And one of the specifications is it has to have backlit keys. I've got to have backlit keys. Well, it, mine does have black backlit keys. That's that's pretty standard fare, but I think RGB is pretty cool for backlit. Mm. Would, would, I think it'd be cool just for like, you know, some, maybe I'd make it more, you know, green because, you know, I like green. Really? We didn't know. Like you're not a fan I'm of Obatusa yellow right now. or something. Yeah, you are in yellow. Yeah, it's, a, only, it's an almost unhealthy obsession. And then he it also is. talked about an almost unhealthy obsession, correct? No, it a, is uh, an unhealthy the, obsession. Almost. A track point. <laughs> for oh, potentially yes. for the uh yeah, yeah that was pretty cool too was on top of- i, I was to say, never a I, fan of the track point but for those who love them there you go this is the first machine i've had since 2007 that didn't have a track point and apparently so, used the heck out of it on your other ones and excited to potentially have one used track. it a lot yeah. yep although i will say now with gestures gestures je- am i saying that correctly yes gestures i the track point is a little less important because, you know, the different swipes to go to different desktops and such. Can help around faster. Yeah. Yep. So there is that. But anyway, just to kind of wrap it all up in a nice little uh, red bow with with green streamers. Very happy with my workbench. 
and I'm excited to for all the future projects that are going to get wrapped up here. Mm, nice. Very nice. So, Wendy, you have something, a, a baby in yellow. I, I didn't know you were expecting. No, no. No more babies that are asked. Just four kids. Oh, for okay. me. Five, I guess, if you include Magneto. I'm, I've got as many kids as we're going to have at this point, but I did find myself a new game. It is called Baby in Yellow, and it's oh, more okay. on that horror comedy-ish type level. It's a puzzle-style game, which I really liked. Actually, some of the gameplay reminded me of especially the first Bendy and Lake Machine, a little bit of the second one. I did run into some issues where I had to figure out how to do things fast, and I'm as I've mentioned before, I'm not really good at this. It is an early access game and I wasn't feeling really great. What was it like the Saturday before Thanksgiving? And so I picked up this game. It's only like eight or nine dollars at this point in early access. I picked up this game and I played it all the way through to this point. You know, there'll be more chapters and that coming out. They've got three right now. And I think they anticipate having a total of six. So I'll continue playing it as we go through. And I need to go back and find there's a cat, a collected soul that I need to release that I haven't found yet. So I need to go back through and find that because I know that there's a bonus that until I find that last one, I don't have access to. So they do have some other reasons to collect other things and then go back to the first level in order to get some additional stuff unlocked, which is really nice. But I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it so far. And I haven't played Phasma a lot lately. I just haven't had the time between robotics going on and editing stuff I'm doing for the network. I've just kind of been slammed and haven't been able to play Phasmo as much. So it was nice to just kind of take a little time on Sunday and play a game start to finish in its current state. And if you are someone who enjoys puzzle games, I know Ryan isn't, he fully admitted that on one of the last episodes of DL. Mm -hmm. that, that's not his thing. But if that's something you enjoy, this this one's pretty good. And it does have that kind of like horror aspect to it though like i say the baby is more scary looking than it is scary most of the time <laughs> like i was gonna say those big pop out of the head eyeballs <laughs> yeah yeah well, okay floating it on fire that was a little bit disconcerting <laughs> I, I was gonna say is this encouraging like shaking baby syndrome and like dinosaurs throwing it out of throwing it across the room because well, that's I the mean, advertising. You do drop the baby down a bench. So yeah, definitely not great babysitting tactics, but at the same time, if you have a kid that's trying to trap you in your apartment to stay with it forever, dropping it down the bench shaft isn't the worst thing. <laughs> I do like the fact that this game does not take itself like it's horror ish. But it doesn't yeah, take itself yeah. seriously in the same note because it's like never put him in the oven. <laughs> it's horror-ish the same way that Army of Darkness is horror-ish. Yeah, so it's got like it, it's yeah areas where it's like oh okay yeah absolutely and I haven't put the baby in the oven yet but I know that there's some fun things that happen if you do some fun things that happen if you do so maybe on my next you know playthrough. <laughs> If somebody like skips through this and then just get that part right there, that's going to be <laughs> a handsome moment. Problematic, yeah. <laughs> just saying. So 
I'll be totally <laughs> honest. I am not obviously a people person for the most part, shock. But I do love the fact about exactly what I say about kids generically because I work in retail, so I deal with kids quite often, is this baby as it floats underneath the between the feature listing and the your babysitting duties. The evil eyes. I do call kids demon seed for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, being in retail and in fairness, you are basically, you've got a kid in some place that has things that they want. And so they're going to be at their worst in a store. Typically. Now, it's usually the adults that are at the worst and the kids are just not helping that. So therefore, I just dislike both. <laughs> Well, there's some synergy between them. So yes, I have worked retail, but I've worked retail in a completely different capacity, which I can tell you about after the show. I'm not dropping that here. Yeah, but there were no kids that came into the store just by the nature of the store. But yeah, I, I get dealing with people. Yeah, I get dealing with people. <laughs> but no, it looks like a fun game. And for the like, like the nine bucks, that's really not that bad as a like entry price. Yeah, it, it really isn't. And it was a lot of fun. And now that I own it in early access, I get all of the updates as we go along with it. There was another game that I bought early on. I can't remember. It's kind of along the horror genre. But you had to buy each chapter of the game as it came out. And so I've only ever got the first one. Because yeah, so that, I, it was probably an episodic release style game. So yeah, like yeah, something like episodes. that. Well, I mean, the first Bendy was released one chapter at a time. But if you bought the early access, you weren't buying every single chapter as you came out. And I can kind of see that model of how they do that because the chapters weren't super expensive. Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't think about it. This game, Baby in Yellow, I probably would go ahead and get the next one. I really enjoyed it, and the other one, like I said, I can't even remember what it's called. I just know that. You're having to buy it a chapter at a time. I wasn't in love with it. So I, I didn't continue to buy the additional chapters and play it. But it, it's fun. It's got a very positive rating from the users that have played it. It's definitely a fun game if you're in that that horror comedy puzzle genre. I don't have really great game terms like Matt does. You get my I don't play games game description <laughs> it's a it's a first person puzzle game the, the short version there, there you go there you go and i definitely prefer the first person games i definitely don't like anything that's top down especially if i'm like hunting fanatical or something and i'm like oh that's top down it's out that's out i i don't do well with any parkour or running anything like that so if i'm looking at it from the third person above there is no way I'm getting through that map. I'm done. I'm out. Now, like the old Sonic games, if you're going from the side, that's not as bad. I can I can handle that. Okay, still not my favorite game style. But top-down third person, that, that's a hard no. It's an absolute hard no. So don't recommend any Assassin's Creed games to Wendy. Yes, definitely not. I've vaguely heard of them. I think Matt's even talked about them. But if that's their style, yeah. That no, it's a. It is literally a third. It is literally a third-person parkour game with combat elements. 
Though I will say the combat is mad simple because, or well, okay, the older ones up to Syndicate anyway, where it was mad simple. It was literally just dodge and stab people in the face. That was literally the combat. <laughs> so I might be able to get through that combat, but if it's anything more complicated than that, I know. If I'm doing it complicated, it's the puzzle game. It's not the parkour or the combat. That's, yeah. For me, it's the heights. If I look over the ledge, I can't do heights. So if I look over the ledge, even in a game, first person or third person, I'm, I just retreat into my chair and back away very slowly. That, that's my, it. My You're stomach, out too, huh? I'm out. I'm out at that point. Anything looking over an edge, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm trying to think, are there like any games that I play that has that? And I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think so. Like you have to climb to some higher levels in. Bendy, both the old and new version. But yeah, I, I don't think there's anything like super high. You're not looking over the edge of the cliff. You're just like a story up, a level up, and you've got a ladder that you can climb down or whatever. I don't know if that's a big deal, but nothing too high. You know, uh, speaking of like looking over the edge and feeling a little bit woozy, I was playing Minecraft with my kids and I was in the nether and I wanted to build a bridge out like into over the lava. And you can like crouch and be able to like build things without falling off, which I'm good at falling off. Anyway, so I, I looked down and, and actually I had that little, that, that little like feeling of, Oh my gosh, I'm way up here. Wait, it's just a game. Why do I care? <laughs> but oh my gosh, it's way up there. So anyway, I, I kind of understand that. I'm, no, no, I'm, that I'm trying feeling. to empathize. Yeah. See, the only time that heights really bother me is if one of my kids is with me, especially my youngest, cause that kid. Oh, he's going to be the death of me in general, but he's like so gung ho all the time. I'm like panicked that he's just going to go right over the edge. So that's where my fear of heights comes in. So what you're saying is you like Obi-Wan and your kids like Anakin. If I understood Star Wars, then maybe I would get that sure, reference. It's a but... terrible analogy. So I'll, I withdraw it. <laughs> I will say that in reference to Wendy's absolute favorite subject, which is the Steam Deck. Oh, no. <laughs> I brought mine on one of my trips, and I decided that to spend some time without Wi-Fi working in the plane, which on a six-hour plane trip is akin to death for me, I broke out my Steam Deck and started playing Goat Simulator. And wouldn't you I've know that- I've seen that one. Is it good? It is fantastic. <laughs> it is a phenomenal way to just waste time. And destroy the environment around you. But it was so enthralling to the person that was next to me who was a good 10 to 15 years older than me that I asked him if he wanted to have a go at it. And for the next 30 minutes, he proceeded to destroy the environment around him and Goat Simulator to where he asked me, what kind of device is this and what game is this? So I told him and he said he was going to go home and order one. Oh, wow. You're selling those things now, huh? So Valve, <laughs> if you're listening, send me my Steam Deck OLED, please. Just throwing it out there. But That's I will, not how what, that works, and you know that. I, I know, <laughs> but I have taken the Steam Deck and brought it to work, turned it into desktop mode, plugged my mm -hmm. laptop dock into it, and used it as a productivity tool for the day. It can be done, having done it. It gets loud, it gets a little hot, but boy, does that really throw the the new hires for a curve. I can imagine, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> using a gaming device because obviously the controller's bolted to it. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the Bill's playing games in his office. Well, first off, I'm executive management. I, I could get away with it if I wanted to, but I, no, no, no. Come here. Let me show you how this works. <laughs> no, no, no. Come into the office. I'm. I know. I promise you, I'm not gaming. Come on in. No, it's okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hit you this time. Just come on in, please. <laughs> this time. <laughs> Look, I've got. I've got my browsers and I've got my tools and I've got everything I need to do my job. I. I, I don't understand what. What's wrong here? And the, the silence that I get from them as they leave my office is deafening and wonderful. Well, I know so Matt was- has talked about using his in desktop mode, which that's mm-hmm. the only thing that has me even somewhat interested in it is to be able to put it in desktop mode and use it. That that form factor as far as space and doing it with like a USB-C dock is right. not something that can be underestimated enough until you actually do it. It's one of those things you can talk about it all you want and how it's awesome and that stuff. And I'm not talking like using it as a console that connect to a TV or whatever. I'm just saying as strictly as a computer, like that is probably to me, the biggest selling point for tech enthusiasts. The biggest selling point for normal people is it simplifies PC gaming. (laughs) I was powering a webcam Three 1080p 24 inch monitors, keyboard, mouse, and a couple of other peripherals plugged into it. And and the fans definitely spun up. It wasn't like oh, it, yeah. the resources weren't being taxed. But the fact that Valve put thought and care into the kind of hardware that went into such a device to where it can be used for productivity. And, and again, I had it on three 24 inch 1080p monitors, and I did not experience any delays or tearing or artifacting. Or anything else that I thought I would see with three different browsers open, 30 plus tabs, and all the other accoutrements that I tend to run for my work applications. So, you know what, Valve, I tip my hat to you. That was a well-designed, well-thought-out system across many levels. Now, you can't say the same for the competition, though. That That's very true. So you said that you had it running three monitors on a dock. There was something I was going to ask you and then Magneto walked in the room and I can't remember what it was going to be. Oh, yes. So, but you have new tech. Yes. Magneto has new tech. What did you break, Magneto? He didn't break anything. He He got got a a new endoscope and this one actually comes with a screen built on it. So the last one he had for mechanicing purpose actually connected to his phone and he had some issues with it and so he ordered this one here a few days ago so hopefully it'll work i know it's definitely been handy for him in figuring out what's wrong with some stuff being able to look down into engines and whatnot and see what's going on so yeah Tell him not just to use uh brake cleaner as diesel fuel please bill says don't use brake cleaner as diesel fuel please as what as diesel fuel but they run really good. <laughs> they run really good for what? A minute. A minute. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think that's the issue. It's sometimes the electric ones that gives him the biz- biggest headache. Not not the other ones. But yeah. Anyway, so on the Steam Deck, back on topic, off topic, because we're like really all over the place as we usually are, but I don't know. I would say even more so, but it's kind of been the rule lately instead of the exception to the rule. Uh, But at that point, the only difference between the Steam Decks really was 
how much storage it had in it. So even if you were going with the base model, it could still run all of those things. It, it can still run all of those things. And I know on various shows in the network, even on this one, we've talked about right to repair. Right, yes. And one of the most amazing things about this device, and, and more importantly, the paradigm that it's set for for others like it is that people are going to want to upgrade these devices. They're going to want to change out their cases, change out the thumbsticks, add more storage. One of my colleagues actually did do that. He He found like this clear purplish GameCube kind of shell for it. He threw a two terabyte SSD in there and he really tuned it up nice and it does everything he wants it to do. And then some, so I, I think it's so important that as these kind of form factors come out, that they understand that hobbyists are going to want to make modifications to them and make sure that you have documentation available to, to make those upgrades and to really let it become a tweaker's paradise. Honestly, it, but Valve is the closest in that sphere right now, honestly, to framework. As far as like in the PC gaming, you know, console, handheld, however you want to view your angle on the Steam Deck, they're the closest to framework in that space. You're not going to get that as much as people want to talk about Berber power with like the, the ROG and, all the, you know, the Lenovo Legion Go and all the other stuff. How long are they going to support it? Can I can I upgrade the RAM? Can I fix the thing? Can I replace the motherboard? Do you make it readily available? The answer is all going to be no. And it runs the Hedico Windows on an eight inch screen. <laughs> like, yeah. To me, that's like every detriment to a device you can possibly have. Well, and one of the reasons why I've chosen to buy some of my tools from iFixit is because I love the fact that they put tutorials out on how to repair things, and. Not only do they have really awesome toolkits, I have a couple of them, but I love that they're putting that information out there for the community in order to fix it themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was going to say that because that was Nate's biggest complaint about the OLED. It's like, oh, it's OLED. I was like, yeah, but on the, in fairness, you can't replace it. Like you, they, they make it available. Yep. If I can get, if I can get the, the new version, but sans the OLED, I'd be all for it. <laughs> Which you can't, unfortunately. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Gotta get, gotta deal with that crap screen that everyone thinks is great. It's like it's like when all the kids want mint chocolate chip. It's the it's that's a dumpster fire of an ice cream, but everybody likes it. You know, under the age of twelve, it's like everybody likes OLED dumpster fire. Of course, of course, Nate would be fine with you know his old Apple II with a screen that doesn't work. Maybe no. Maybe wants the screen to work. The Apple II, you are good with the Apple II up until the fact that the screen didn't work. Right. <laughs> I just want mint chocolate chip no. ice cream now. Because I know, right? Favorite. I actually have <laughs> some ice cream that Wendy can eat, sugar free ice cream Thanks, in the freezer. Nate. I might have to go hit some ice cream after we're done. Yeah, yeah whatever. Whatever it takes. You want to keep this conversation going? Well, now it's your turn to toss in your defense on today's topics. <laughs> Hit the Discord server and drop us a line under this video or contact form by visiting textdigital.com slash contact. If you would like to hang out with us on our preferred social media, see the links in the show description. Find other great shows like Fit and Fuel, Destination Linux, and Catch Nate on Linux Saloon, plus more yes. at textdigital.com. And you're all welcome to join me on Linux Saloon, too. 
Ooh, I, I need to. I actually meant to for the Lubuntu discussion, and I got busy doing other stuff and missed it. But I will have to jump in sometime here soon. Even you, Matt. I would love to have you there. <gasps> Wait, I didn't mean to now. Say I know that. you're lying. I would. I would not be put out if you joined. <laughs> I've joined Linux Saloon from time to time, and I've mm-hmm. never had a bad experience. There you go. There you go. And, and Bill's one of my favorites too. Matt, you suck up. You're one of them. <laughs> but, no, you tolerate me. Just get it. Just get it right. <laughs> no, Matt, I I enjoy. If in fact, now that we're like just totally going off the rails here on the on the outro, Matt, I you are you have an open invitation to be a co-host with me on Linux Saloon. Wow. Gauntlet throne. I didn't even get that, Matt. I didn't even get that. So that oh, should you tell you the high regard in which you were held with Nate. I'm trying to like undo some. Now you're lying. <laughs> Come now. That's like saying I'm not sarcastic. Right. It should be sinister, Matt, not sinister, Wendy. I agree. Sarcastic, no, no, Matt. You're evil. Like, don't get it that twisted at all. Matt, Wendy's not evil. Not evil. Not evil. Just says the uns- horns otherwise. Uncertain. They're, you know. Show off your love I, for your favorite podcast and shows <laughs> by visiting the Text Digital merch store. Grab yourself some awesome swag like the gamer centric iPods, my game to be here shirt, which it seems like Matt actually did this episode. Or join hashtag Team Wendy with some sinister Wendy swag. It's just a nickname. I'm super sweet. Don't listen to Matt. He doesn't know anything. As always, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time with another awesome episode of Linux Out Loud. Until then, keep the banter friendly. The conversation nowhere on topic if we're going by this episode. And have fun doing it.